the team live on their phones and they look at you know what's going on and how do we hook into it so if it's book week what's our favorite book about periods they see an opportunity to 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 be part of every conversation and that I mean that's fabulous on so many levels it brings menstruation in and therefore starts to unpick the taboos around talking about periods Um, and it resonates it brings in an audience from a different a different conversation. Welcome to The Entrepreneur Project, stories of innovation and scale. Each episode, we're diving into conversation with entrepreneurs, innovators, and business leaders who will share insight into growing high-impact organizations. One of the biggest challenges to any entrepreneur is figuring out where they sit in their market. Our guest today forayed into one of the most saturated markets in 2018 and has cracked the formula on how to stand out from the crowd. Here to chat with us about how we can use creative, unashamed marketing led by a strong social mission is Celia Hodson, CEO and co-founder of Hey Girls. Celia and Hey Girls are furling a new path for social innovators of the future. Hey Girls is on a mission to eradicate period poverty through a buy one, give one model. In an era where women and girls should live their lives without stigma, the social enterprise is doing a bloody great job at making access to period products a right, not a privilege. After retiring from a successful global career, Celia felt the pull to set up the social enterprise in 2018. And it's been a triumphant return to business, being named Social Entrepreneur of the Year by Entrepreneurial Scotland in 2018 and Great British Entrepreneur of the Year by Royal Bank of Scotland in 2019. 18 months on, the trailblazing organization's products are stocked in supermarkets, universities, and public sector organizations across the UK, resulting in over 6 million period products donated to girls and women in need. I'm here at Startup Summit 2019 with Celia Hodson, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hey Girls. How are you getting on, Celia? I'm good. Yes. I've had a phenomenal day and Indeed. just full of energy and, yeah, lapping up all the stories of success. Yes. It's been a great day. All around the community of uh, Startup Summit. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be great to delve into a little more of Hey Girls, particularly, uh, let's start with the brand. It's really interesting, isn't it? The, where did the name come from? Um, so, as ridiculous as it may sound, the name is what I say to my daughters. So I've got two daughters and a son yes. um, and it's, you know, hey girls how is your day? And hey girls have you done your homework? And hey girls, dinner's ready! Yeah, it's yeah. just, that's how I talk to my daughters. Yeah, so yeah. when we started the organisation it, it was kind of just like well it's the obvious, it's what you say mum. So yeah. it was the obvious thing to do so yeah. no great you know, <laughs> no great focus piece done on that particular yeah. part it was just, yep, that works. And is that, is that the ethos or the thinking, a lot of it behind the company itself and just making it that personable? There's not, it's just real. Yeah, yeah. it is really real. So the yeah. whole um, creating a prototype, you know, we did lots and lots and lots of focus groups around talking to girls of all different ages. And I think, you know, girls can be 80. Yeah. Talking to women about all different, uh, you know, what menstrual products did they use? Yeah, yeah. What does the perfect pad look like you yeah. know that's really sort of questions that you would want someone to 
tell you their opinion about you trying to create a product for a market then ask the yeah. market why they want so with lots of focus groups around that and from those conversations created um, prototypes mm-hmm. and then had to find manufacturers mm-hmm. and from similar focus groups created the brand so took a bit of a doodle um which actually I did the doodle on the train and said to my daughter, so our logo is a, is a red circle or a dot with two stripes in it and um, those two stripes become the H of Hey Girls. So we, I did this round red dot, two white stripes. And to me, that was a buy one, give one menstrual product. Yeah. I showed it to my youngest daughter who said, oh, that's a pause button. Because when you're on your periods, you just, you just pause. Your brain is giving you, you just take time. And I then showed it to my eldest daughter, who said, "Oh, mum, it looks like a vagina." So we said, "Okay, this is working on lots of different levels." And we just kept that. We got a beautiful creative agency called Holy Cow, a fabulous group of women, and they just made it into our stylized logo. And then we had conversations with girls about, you know, what would be on a box of menstrual products, and they said, "Well, it's not blue, and it hasn't got ribbons and bows, and you know, we don't want it to." look like cat meat a lot of the blue and purple um, and so you know, if hey girls is about girls and women then let's put girls and women on the boxes and so we asked our friends and family and you know some of the people on the stage today are actually on our menstrual products boxes so it's really honed on feedback and real kind of like family love around the brand and so speaking to our customers creating a product and we've gone on to create you know pads tampons reusable products menstrual cups and and shortly pants so it's it's been a a, quite a journey really what what were the most surprising things that came up in that initial research the things that you think that the bigger companies have never realized um I was quite shocked by brands that you think would listen to their companies. And, you know, they've got tens, dozens, thousands of people that they use for focus groups and hundreds of people in their marketing team. But, you know, when we asked them to line up, asked our feedback group to line up a range of products and put them in price order, they actually put the most expensive brand down at the right at the lowest end piece so you know put it it costs five pounds a box they put it down at the 99p so had they not asked and it wasn't just one it was they all put it down there um and a lot of them then just said you know this brand does not speak to me it's quite you know quite insulting almost that you think that we would like blue packaging or pictures of blue blood so you know why aren't they listening why aren't they you know why aren't they listening to their their users so I was was quite surprised by that where did the the mission come from then the the buy one give one (laughs) um so I always find this a weird bit because I brought my kids up on benefits I was a single parent really struggled for many years um and so just had had to make decisions all the time around you know was I paying electric bill or was I buying school uniform or you know was I borrowing money from a doorstep lender and all those really hideous things that you never want anyone to to go through so that you know that my kids are in their 30s now um and so starting out an enterprise that pulled on that part of you know it's even worse for families 
now that are on benefits than it was when I was being at my kids. Lives are so fragile. People's budgets, you know, you think you've got it and then you get, you know, something happens and you all of a sudden you, you're not managing. And I think that, you know, we think we see poverty and we see it at its absolutely you know, tip of the iceberg, the most extreme parts of people living on the street. But then there are so many people that fluctuate and our debt levels have never, never been high in. Yeah. Christmas coming up and, you know, buy now, pay later in Marks and Spencers. You know, what on earth is going on? So families are so fragile. Um, so, yeah, it's um, that was what drove me to start Hey Girls, was just not being able to manage and the fact that all these years ahead, nothing had shifted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it was, you know, buy one, give one was a way of shifting that. Yeah. And so you formed as a social enterprise. Yeah, so we're a community interest company. Right. So I've been in social enterprise startup all my second career after okay. having my kids like you know I've been supporting amazing social entrepreneurs all over the world to build their businesses yeah. um, never done one myself you know, and I'd retired yeah. happily retired I'd worked in Australia and India and Brazil and you know retired to Scotland and just took some time out and joined some boards and um, have now have the hugest respect for the social entrepreneurs I supported over the years because it's quite hard when you <laughs> when you do it yourself what makes a, a social enterprise do you think are you saying it's harder than a normal business or what, what makes I, it different I don't think it is harder because we're in Scotland right okay. truly blessed to be in Scotland so I think even for the um, any startup there's more support in Scotland than there is anywhere else right. so um uh, my son works for a social enterprise startup company in London, and he just goes, "Wow, mommy, you get what support? Oh, you know, on IP, you get free IP support." So I think that you know we we have so much support. Hegel's yeah. would not have flown as quickly had we started in England because we would be having to try and fundraise all the time before you know fundraise to do your legal structure, fundraise to. Um, start your website all of those things and here you know if you tap into the right network with the right conversation our beautiful ecosystem will support you with that early stage 5k grant maybe at first port we'll hand you on to another in another organization maybe get you into scottish enterprise then go to maybe big issue investor or uh, social investment scotland to get you some of that you know, a loan to get you going and, and we went to Big Issue Invest to get a loan to um, fill a warehouse with product because we landed a supermarket deal yeah everybody goes amazing amazing yeah. but actually you know they want pallet loads of product and they want it very quickly so you've, you've got to borrow money to actually afford to buy the product to sell yeah so yeah i think in scotland we are very very fortunate and, and i think the scottish government gets what everyone is trying to do so does being a social enterprise make it easier for recruitment for example in terms of people who do want to work for a responsible company or does that have an effect um we do not struggle to recruit. Um, I think there's a huge move away from, yes, this is a great salary, but I don't really dig what the company's doing and I'm not keen on their rigid hours of working. So um, we've just had to close an advertisement we have out now for a role 
um, because within two weeks we've had 189 very capable people apply. So you then got to sift that down. Um, but you know, we we are very flexible. Um, we've got a lot of people with families, young families. So you drop your kids off at school and then you come to work and you leave in time to pick your kids up. Um, we have a working in the office on a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, you work from wherever floats your boat, really. Um, but I think, you know, so there's all that side of that, trying to make it flexible and a good environment to work in. But then on the reverse of that, you're asking, you're asking a lot. So we say, you know, this is more than a job. Pile the pressure on. This is more than a job. You're saving the world, you know, um, it's more than pounds and pence, but actually you've got to sell. You know, we put all this pressure on, on people um, and say work incredibly hard. So I think it is easier to recruit, but I'm very aware of what we ask yeah. of people. And in any startup, you're asking a lot yeah. of people and asking them to be multi-talented and understanding and quick and... Yeah. So joining a social enterprise, certainly in your case, doesn't mean it's a, an easier ride as, a, as an employee. Oh, I know. <laughs> My team works so hard. Yeah. And they bounce from thing to thing. You know, just this week, we've been at a procurement conference. We've been inducting some young entrepreneurs who are joining us to run a pilot. And um, we've been here, the team have been here with a stand talking to businesses about putting stuff in their you know in their washrooms tomorrow we're doing a workshop with virgin tomorrow night we're at a thing with scottish government and it just doesn't stop so yeah. it's not and you know quite quickly as i say with any startup you're thrust into jump up on the stage and, <laughs> and do something <laughs> so uh, yeah we don't tend to say no yeah because we know our team will be you know up for a challenge yeah yeah do you think there's anything in particular that social enterprises, not just yourselves, struggle with? Is there anything that makes it makes it harder for, for others? I think social entrepreneurs have a real issue with money. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they think that they should have a salary. I don't think that the world thinks that charities should get paid. Mm. And, and I personally, I mean, I have a big hang-up about money and was really resistant on paying myself. Um, and still pay myself less than I pay everybody else. I think that you know that's something we we have a kind of imposter syndrome thing going on, a worthiness thing. <laughs> we beat ourselves up. Who who do you think you are that can stand there and say you're going to eradicate period poverty? So I think we have all that stuff going on all, yeah. all the time. Yeah. What's your marketing seems to be very effective. You're you're out there quite a lot. How, did you think about that deliberately or is that something that's just happened? Um, I didn't think about it, um, but uh, the team live on their phones okay. and they look at you know what's going on and how do we hook into it. So if it's book week, what's our favourite book about periods? You know, If it's the Olympics, what are sporting women using to manage their menstruation while they're doing triathlons? They, yeah. they see an opportunity to... to to be part of every conversation and that I mean that's fabulous on so many levels it brings menstruation in and therefore starts to unpick the taboos around talking about periods Um, and it resonates it brings in an audience from a different you know a a different conversation Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they, they hang out on social media all the time. We're very, very fortunate in that we don't pay for advertising. So we get gorgeous agencies say we'd like to do um, to do something for Hey Girls. We have selected you to be our chosen partner. Let's do, What can we do together? Um, and last year we ran a campaign with a huge agency that do the John Lewis Christmas ads, which was the pad ad, and it ran out in the metro, and we didn't pay. We had two full pages in the metro. Amazing, amazing generosity. And we're just building a new campaign with them this year that brings in Waitrose and um, a big issue. So you sort of put yourself out there that you that you like to do funky creative stuff um, and it's yeah. and the mission is really obvious the message is really clear yeah. so yeah a lot of time spent on media yes indeed and that obviously transitioned into huge growth you've been running what is it 18 months or so yeah January last yeah, yeah. year January 2018 uh-huh. and you're stocked in many supermarkets many different places yeah uh, how, how big is the team now Ten. Ten people. And we're just recruiting three more. Okay. So we've gone from just me with support for my girls to employing lots of mums. Yeah. Um, now having enough budget to bring in some sort of a senior leadership team. How glamorous is that? You know, <laughs> people who can actually do some of the stuff I've been fumbling through yes. and actually take ownership of all of that and yeah. from their experience and knowledge and make it perfect so yeah yeah, so the team's 10 with a little bit of growth um and that is fabulous because we've now created jobs making more and more donations so we're what 5.6 maybe even 5.9 million donations um but it does change you know it's i i like to be all over the brand i like to see you know the boxes that go out to customers and um but you can't, you can't be all over everything. So you do have to work out what you pull back from and let other people yeah. own and run with versus. If I can get in and pack tampons or <laughs> cups, I'm a very happy person. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, when it's busy, we all do. You yeah. know, we'll get the hairnet on and go and pack. But, um, but I do have, I'm, do, uh, I'm very mindful. I need to not meddle and let very talented people do their job. Yeah. Have, you, have you been mindful also, though, of... Is it transferring your values, your culture over to those people? Is that, is that yeah. something you do deliberately? Um, so when we move to a new building, I think when you move, it's a step change, it's a new landmark and it's an opportunity to, to do something. So um, I had lots of conversations with my youngest daughter about, you know, this is the new facility, this is our new space. How And we created a how do we work around here? And so the team created a social contract, social agreement around the working hours, who was going to clean, you know, what tea we bought. They all created that, and at the end of the day, they all signed it, and that's our, that's our handbook, really. So, And it was really interesting to sort of not take the mic and run that, just actually let them work out what they needed to do, what we needed that, to yeah. do as a team. Yeah. What does success look like for the company? So in, we're about eradicating period poverty. And I suppose, actually, you need to eradicate poverty before you eradicate period poverty. It's kind of one thing. But So success is around making sure that no woman is ever caught short. And so that's whether people who are struggling to manage or whether that's someone in the office 
who actually, you know, finds they haven't got a product in their bag and what are they going to do? Well, actually, it should be in the washroom. So products need to be available to everybody wherever they are. Um, and unfortunately, we've got to sell a load of product to make that donation happen. Yes. So that, you know, that's a balance between um, this, the mission. The impact is only delivered if we're very hard about business and drive yeah. sales. And, you know, we're in a game with... As there are noitros and the co-op up against always and body form and you know Procter and Gamble and they're all you know yeah. they're all, all about shareholder value. So there's a there's a balance that that yeah. goes goes on there. So growing all of our markets is really important. The more we the more we sell, the more we donate. So yeah. growing online, growing in supermarkets, and you know the supermarkets are fab because they bring you big visibility, um, and everybody goes, oh, you're in Waitrose, that's a but actually growing our public sector contracts is a really big a really big piece so uh, Glasgow University buy more products than Asda really yeah but nobody's <laughs> nobody's that excited about Glasgow University yeah. as a customer but yeah. yeah Asda so I think you know that is an interesting part you need all of those you need the visibility of our beautiful online customers who give us direct feedback you need the supermarket for credibility you need the big 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 government kind of you know procurement pieces and then we just moved into the distributor part so finding distributors who can get our product out to their customer base so yeah it sounds like you're past the stage of i mean you could argue you're still the company's still relatively young but it did very well um generating a lot of press and everything in the early yeah. days but turning that into something sustainable is the next step but it sounds like you're already well along the road to that is that something um, you're thinking about i mean it's you know it's a business it's fragile yeah. and we entered a one to watch recently an awards thing and they said well how can you possibly be a one to watch so <laughs> 18 months old <laughs> i don't know what i'm due yet i think we're still in the start of this but um we're so fragile because we operate on a very, very tight margin. If I can't donate a product, I don't, I don't want to do it. And so things like Brexit, uh, you know, we buy some product from China, we buy it in US dollar. The state of the pound against the dollar is not great. Most of our product comes from the EU. We've got product coming in through the ports. If it's sitting there waiting to come over to the UK our gorgeous manufacturers are not going to take the cost of that and I went to see them recently and first of all they said we feel so sorry for you because look at the state of your governance but actually you know you must understand that if our, if your product's sitting there with our driver it's you that will pay and you need to think about what that does to your margin so um, yeah I think we're all quite fragile right now and I just can't wait to get to the other side of, of what this might look like. Yeah, still thinking about it. Just to finish up then, what would you say to those out there that ever say that it's, you know, it's too late to start a business? <laughs> he says, looking at my grey hair. So I started Hegel's when I'd retired. You know, I'd been yeah. in the setting business support in social enterprise. I've got, I'm a granny. I've got three grandchildren starting a, a social enterprise that took every penny and every ounce of energy I had was not on my plan when I moved to Dunbar. Um, but I, it I couldn't shut it out. I think that's the thing. I, all I thought about, I woke up thinking about what can we do about this thing. Um, and actually, 
think there's two great st- times to do it when you're young and you haven't got a mortgage and babies and all of those things because you know you you just have um, you're a lot freer to do stuff time, but yeah. actually you know once you get to the other side of all of that and you've been around the block and boy you know I have and I'm sort of now quite comfortable in my skin and who I am and you know I know what I'm good at I know what I'm not good at um, I think that is a good time to be authentic to do something that really speaks to you then you know I've got a few years yet I could keep you know, doing my veggie patch or I could you know <laughs> just sell a few more <laughs> million products and it's that that excites me right now so, excellent yeah. stuff well thank you very much for your time Celia you're always welcome it was fun The Entrepreneur Project is brought to you by FutureX and the podcast host. You can get more information about FutureX at futurexinnovation.com. And if you want to launch your own podcast, check out the full guide at thepodcasthost.com forward slash start. Or feel free to try out the podcast maker app, alitu.com. That's A-L-I-T-U.com. Graphics are by Laurie Davidson and the show is edited and produced by the podcast host.